0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam, the SLB. Alongside me today as always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation. It is Scotty. Hey, buddy. How we doing?
1: Oh, we're doing.
0: It's Saturday morning. Just doing some recordings. It's
1: a wonderful time to be alive. Another good yeah. week of wrestling.
0: We had a solid week of wrestling. Guys, just so you know, we've had some last-minute... Uh, Discussions, this was not brought up on our 100th episode. If you haven't listened to that, please do so. We had a big announcement switching over to Ship It Studios starting August 21st, the morning of SummerSlam, the weekend of SummerSlam and TakeOver. Going forward, we believe we'll be recording early Saturday, dropping it on Monday. So you guys can get your wrestling dosage beginning of the week, followed by your usual... Raw review and SmackDown study by Scott on Tuesdays and Saturdays, respectively. We don't have too much news to talk about today. I mean, everything is kind of tied into what has been going on in our three shows. There's a lot of exciting shit that has happened. So, Scott, why don't you just kick us off right away with what has gone on with NXT? Going right into the Tuesday fun. Well, oh.
1: NXT moved over to sci fi um, for this past week and for next week due to the Olympics. Um, I know that that did cause a, a bit of a drop in their ratings, which is you know kind of obvious. I think sci fi is in less homes than USA is, but even still, um, it's the Olympics. People are going to watch the Olympics. I do it myself. So, But when it comes to the wrestling shows, Olympics can wait because they need to see some more wrestling. So, kick things off. Tag team match: Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa, taking on Pete Dunne, Only Larkin. And surprisingly enough, Pete Dunne, Only Larkin, pick up the pinfall victory. However, wasn't just because they were better. We had ourselves a return, Sam.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ridge, Holland, that brute that had both of his legs busted out from onto to him, I think it was a year ago at this point, comes back and helps the boys get the win. It's good to see that group getting stronger. Now we just need Danny Birch to come back. and maybe even a surprise return of Pam McAfee. Even though Pat McAfee has been absolutely killing it on SmackDown on commentary, um, I I still like this this group, and I hope that we do see Pat one more at least one more time in NXT. After that, probably had what was at least for me my favorite part of this show. Samoa Joe comes out to the ring, finds a little like a little kid table a steel chair and he has a contract in his hand or at least the the folder that would hold said contracts comes out calls out Mr. Regal they chit-chat for a little bit and Joe basically tells him that you know carrying can't be stopped you you do you have no control over him and he needs to be put down So Joe's like, this can be fixed in three simple ways. (laughs) The first thing, Joe opens up that little um, folder, pulls pulls out one piece of paper, and Joe says, effective immediately, he resigns and quits as NXT management enforcer. He then pulls out a second piece of paper, stating that with this contract, Samoa Joe will be reinstated as a full-time NXT wrestler, which got a major pop from the crowd, myself included. Regal looks at him, takes the pen, signs it immediately. And then the third, and here's the, here's the beautiful one, a match for the main event of NXT TakeOver 36. Karrion Cross will defend his NXT title against Samoa Joe. Now, Regal seemed a little hesitant at first, but after what happened to him last week at the hands of, of Karrion Cross, he was like, fuck it.
0: <laughs> and he yeah, signs no. the contract. I, it was wonderful. I love listening to William Regal talk, and he's a great authority figure. But the fact they didn't say a single word and he just takes the pen and signs it, I was just like, it's on.
1: That spoke more.
0: Mm-hmm. More volumes
1: than anything he could have said during that whole segment. So I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful segment. And the fact that Simone Joe has been medically cleared to come back to wrestle and now is it immediately in the title match? You know he's taking that title because Cross is going to go full-time over to Raw. I don't care if it's a predictable outcome. I cannot wait to see these two rip each other to shreds. And it's going to be amazing to see. Agreed. after that we had yet another round in the NXT breakout tournament carmelo hayes taking on josh briggs now i feel like i've seen this match before only because i have when they were both in the indies and it was a great match carmelo hayes who seems to have a little bit of a little rocket strapped to his back a little bit Yes, he's come up short in his matches that he's had with Kushida and Adam Cole, but you can tell that star power's there, and I'm 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 very happy to see it. I've always been a big fan of him um, back when he was Christian Casanova in the Indies. Um, I remember seeing him for a, a small local promotion in in Massachusetts called Lucky Pro Wrestling, and his gimmick was um like a michael jackson cover come out he had the glove he had the jacket he had the whole shabam and he was doing the moonwalk and everything and i was just like all right this is cut, this is cool then when he got in the ring i was like oh shit this kid can go all mm-hmm. right and i just kept watching I'd, I'd go to other shows like chaotic wrestling and uh the stuff like that and, and watch him just just take off and then he got signed and i was like oh this is fantastic
0: For for a moment there, because I actually I think the last Ring of Honor show I saw he uh, he wrestled for. I think it was mass hysteria and he he wrestled. And that was a big deal because, you know, hometown kid first time on a major promotion, I think. Yep. So I thought it would have stayed with Ring of Honor, maybe going over to Japan. But, you know, I, I I will agree with you. There is something about. Him that. It's kind of like what I said with with Zoe Stark, where it was kind of like she has like something about her, something about him, something about him. Yeah, I I will right now say he has a chance to probably win the tournament.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think his second round opponent is. Thank you. Yes. Who also has a good shot. So I'm I'm looking forward to that match next week. Um, actually, no, I think that next week, I think it's in two weeks because the last round, the last first round match is is coming up.
0: Duke, Duke it's funny because he, I like his character, but there was something that was said on commentary that sounded a little weird and got a little silent for like 10 seconds. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. He said something about Beth Phoenix. I, it I was. I must have missed it. The way it came out, I heard it and I was like, <laughs> it sounded like it was about her looks or something like that. It was just like, like it can't, it, it almost sounded creepy. maybe I'm like looking at it the wrong way, but the way it was worded, if I ever come across it, I'll,
1: uh, I'll point
0: it out. But, okay.
1: Well, all you're going to say to that is if he's making comments on Beth, Phoenix's Beth Phoenix's looks, you better watch out for edge. Yeah. you edge think was, you know him. I had to spare my through everything. So, going forward, this easily for me was my second favorite thing, and also very, very, very long overdue. I've been talking about this happening forever, and it finally happened. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai come out to the ring. We're talking about who Raquel Gonzalez's next challenger is going to be. And Dakota Kai takes the mic. Basically just turns to, you know, the the rampway talking to the women's locker room, you know, who's next, who's going to challenge, who thinks they can step up to the champ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, saying to Raquel that as long as I've got your back, you will always be NXT cha- a women's champion. And as soon as I heard that line, I, light bulb went off in my head and I'm just like, oh, oh, it's not going to be Raquel turning. Oh, okay i like this even more and sure enough you see raquel in the corner she's celebrating the camera is just sticking to her and as we know with wwe product that they like to change camera angles like i change underwear every day it's flying around they're always moving shit around but they stick to <laughs> to raquel and i'm just like this doesn't feel right i'm like this no something's obviously gonna happen and the moment she gets off the off the ring uh, ring ropes, wham! There's a boot from Dakota Kai, laying her out. Dakota celebrating over the champ, holding up the title, and he is the kicker. The crowd ate it up, loved it. They want more of it. So I was just like, okay, Dakota's supposed to be the heel, but this crowd is going apeshit over this,
0: and in a good way. Yeah, no, it was so. I feel like this has happened recently on maybe AEW or something like that, where they pull the I have no other challenger card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they did with Kenny. Exactly. With Kenny. And that's where the Dark Order and Adam Page came out. Right. You know, anytime we pull this card where it's like, oh, yeah, I got no challengers. I'm like. "Okay, something's really about to happen. And we don't. And like you like you said, you know, I thought either I, I totally forgot about you know this this turn that we had talked about a long time ago, and whew, that ran through my body, that ran through my system when that happened. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was good. Um, Dakota's honestly, she's
1: due. Like this this girl has been busting her butt in NXT for many years, and she's come oh so close, but never able to pull the trigger and actually get the win. As imposing as Raquel is, I think the mental game, like, we'll be a little k fave for a moment here. The mental game, Dakota will destroy Raquel, like, mentally. Physically, it's Raquel all day, every day. But who's going to win out? That's the thing. Like, this is going to be a very emotional match come takeover. And I would not be surprised if Dakota Kai leaves TakeOver as NXT Women's Champion. Although, you could also make the argument that this could be yet another way to cement Raquel as being one of the most dominant women's champions in NXT history. It's tough. This is really tough for me right now.
0: The only person I think, if it's not Dakota... Because I can see i i I can make yeah, I can see the argument you're talking about here. If it's not Dakota that takes it from her, the only other person and it goes probably to her next segment is Frankie Monet.
1: That's very true. However, Frankie Monet has her own issues that she needs to work out. Yes, she does <laughs> because her and Jessica Maya took on Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, and well, we had a little malfunction at the junction when it came to Robert Stone <laughs> trying to use a shoe, trying to get Frankie to use it while the ref was distracted. Ends up throwing the shoe at, at Frankie. I, I would assume by accident. Obviously, Frankie didn't like getting uh, getting beaten with a shoe. <laughs> Turns around, starts yelling, and then what happens? Whoops! We get a pin. <laughs> But I will say I'm very happy that uh, Carter and Catanzaro get the W here. Um, They're such an underutilized and underrated tag team. I understand they're both small of stature,
0: but I don't care. They're both
1: fantastic.
0: I love these two. These two should have been champions already. I agree. Or at least,
1: like, win the... uh, Dusty Rhodes classic on the women's end. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been great. But obviously the whole story here is the, the the continuation of the destruction of the Robert Stone brand, which does hurt me a little bit because I've always been a big fan of Robert Stone, even before he was with WWE. Um, I've seen him actually compete up here in the Northeast, way, way up here in the Northeast kingdom of Vermont, where, you know, there's more moose than people. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's it's good that they're getting TV time, but obviously Frankie Muniz going to take over that group, and Robert Stone's going to end up in the trash again. It's you hate to see it, but at the same time, you love to see that all oh, this is this is this is happening, and Jessica May is just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, she is now. We get some more interesting. Trying to find the good, find, find trying to find the best word for this, but the situation with the NXT tag team division is certainly starting to heat up. Because recently we have Hit Row and Legado de Fantasma starting to have a little bit of beef with one another, and I'm looking forward. To those Two teams going at it And Funny thing is there's this little group Sam Called Imperium That that still needs to You know work their way through the roster Well we had a match Imperium versus Hit Row Very good match But what do you know Legato gets involved Causing Hit Row to actually lose. I believe it was their first time they lost. But if you're going to lose, you lose dirty because this because Hit Row has been hitting on every cylinder possible since they've showed up. But this gives Hit Row, uh, this gives Imperium a good win. They can kind of just move off and continue to go <laughs> after the tag titles. And this just pours more fuel on the fire between Legato and Hiro. So I have a feeling there's going to be some six-man action down the road, and it's going to be fantastic. And look, right. and Santos is coming for that North American title.
0: Drag it out long enough. Might be only one way to solve this problem. In the fall, Scott. We,
1: we need to find Regal because he's the only one who could say it properly. Exactly,
0: but we'll wait. We got plenty of time.
1: That's true. Well, we'll we, we don't need to say it. You know, you you fans out there, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> and then. Our main event of the evening. Bronson Reed, our colossal thick boy. Taking on Adam Cole. Hey, this is what I like to see. Bronson Reed in the main event taking on. A superstar of the caliber of Adam Cole. Pushing Cole to his limit. But the Bay Bay Gets the big victory. But. Does not end the night. I almost fell for it. Putting up that little. NXT symbol in the bottom of the corner. And I'm like oh sweet. The show is almost over. And what happens. Kyle O'Reilly. Coming from the back, wielding a steel chair, smashing Adam Cole in the back, beating him up around ringside and ended up giving him a big suplex onto half of the stairs. Kind of like the way Adam did to him. And the last image you see of the show is Kyle standing on the steps as Adam's like crumpled up on the bottom. And I'm like, all right, well, here comes match number three, rubber match which is going to be guaranteed at um, TakeOver. However, I need to know what type of stipulation we are going to have here. Because we had an unsanctioned match. We had a traditional match. But what are we going to have next? A loser leaves NXT match. Three stages of hell. Hell in a cell. Loser fights Nick Gage match. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Just watch out for the pizza cutters. Don't piss off Dominoes.
0: Yeah, I'm super curious what's going to what the stipulation is for three. Oddly enough, this is definitely going to be if it happened, most likely will happen at takeover. This will be the probably the first time this is not the main event. That is true. That
1: is true, because there are there are a lot of car, there are a lot of matches. I'm sure once everything's all said and done that have that
0: chance. But, you know, Cross and Joe <laughs> is going to end the show. Crush and Joe is ending the show. There's no, Absolutely. you know, that's that's and as much I want to see, you know, you'd like to see O'Reilly and you know Cole ended again, or fuck even the UK NXT Championship match. Yes, Prepare for your chests are in, boys and girls. God, I'm gonna need gonna need to have EMS on 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 speed dial for that match. I will. I know. I will. But yeah, it was, ah, uh, man, NXT was great. Great, great, great. Even though they did move over to sci-fi, even though their numbers weren't, you know, awesome. doesn't matter. It's a great show. It's yeah, still it
1: high-quality cool. TV.
0: However, on Wednesday night, mm. Scott, we saw insanity happen. Yeah, we did. Fight for the Fallen, numero three. I keep saying this, Scott, but, like, I can't believe we're talking about, like, the third event for some of these, you know, pay-per-views and superstars for AEW. But, yo, know, first and foremost, we kicked it off with the 10-man tag team elimination match. And there's some interesting interesting things that happened here. This was, this was just all-out incredible, and I did watch the entrances. Yes. Uh, Adam Page coming out with the Dark Order, and then the Elite doing, you know, the... The the tune squad, you know, entrance from Space Jam.
1: How do you miss that dunk though? How do you miss
0: it? I don't know. I That's guess he was not at basketball either. So he can't bad. build exploding ma- uh, you know rings. He can't Parable. dunk. Terrible. How was he champion still? God damn it! How? <laughs> it's because of the invisible hand, my friend. That's very true. But this was a this was an awesome opener, and it. Ended in a way that nobody expected. made me very sad, Sam. Hangman Page ended up blue... The the Dark Order ended up losing. And here we are, where we were expecting this. To go to all out. But now we don't get that. We have heard... I have heard, though... Due to recent events... They've changed up the card. Now, who is Kenny going to fight? I don't know and I know a lot of people some some people are pissed off and this and that I go with what seems like is about to transpire in the next month I'm not upset I'm curious
1: yeah I, I'm it it depends on, on who this challenger is because if it's who we might think it or who it may be than them taking a loss right out the right off the rip i don't know how i feel about that
0: me neither but we also the other theory i had maybe this is a kofi kingston thing i mean how many times did he wrestle just to try to get you know brian at wrestlemania
1: That's true.
0: I mean, obviously, they're
1: pushing off the Adam Page um, Kenny Omega storyline for a later date. Um, I, I honestly felt like the only time they really should pull this trigger would be either now or Double or Nothing. I feel like waiting till Double or Nothing next year might be too long of a wait. We still got full gear. True, but full gear doesn't have that. That, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel as big as All Out and Double or Nothing.
0: Well, maybe this is their way of um, eventually bringing those up. And I know. I mean, that's a valid point. Absolutely. It, I will definitely agree with you there. Because you got to remember, they only have four pay per views. Um, yes, Double or Nothing is the flagship. That, to me, I think Double or Nothing is their equivalent to WrestleMania, to right. Slammiversary Bound for Glory, their Wrestle Kingdom. Like, that is, that is the event.
1: Then I would um, probably then say that All Out would be their SummerSlam.
0: Yeah, hands down, hands down. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible. You know, Revolu- Revolution's been a great pay per view. True, um, sure, that is true. And you know, Full Gear has been a great pay per view. But I think maybe they need to elevate those to be like, hey, yeah, you know, these are even though it's not All Out, which is you know the continuation of All In from 2018, and uh, or Double or Nothing. Right. We're gonna we're gonna give these a little more prestige now. I, Yeah, I I
1: will definitely say that Full Gear definitely has the best um,
0: entrances. Oh,
1: hell yeah. So good. So good. I I love the fact that they're still doing it because unlike other companies (laughs) outside of NXT, AEW really knows
0: how to give you those special entrance,
1: entrance, um, entrance ramps and
0: whatnot. I'm really curious as to why Full Gear is the one that gets the special treatment. Well, I mean, it's all in the name.
1: Yeah. The Gears. How could you not go steampunky? I mean,
0: seriously. (laughs) I think of, you know, it all started on, you know, being the elite where they were like, Hangman, you know, Hangman Adam Page is not ready to be full, you know, be in full gear yet. That was a whole storyline for like episodes. You just like, yeah, you're never, you know, you're not ready to be full gear. You know, you you can't be in full ring gear. And then I forgot when it happened. uh, And they were just like. You weren't ready because you were always ready. It was it was a being the elite storyline. It was outrageous. It was hysterical. But it was like that's that's where that comes from. Ah, uh, see, I'm proud that you're able to watch that. I I,
1: I still I have, have not a long time to the you know to the chagrin of of a few people that have been trying to get me to watch being the elite forever. I just I just haven't been able to sit down and watch it. And I know that's a terrible excuse, but
0: your boy is busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always
1: got stuff to do.
0: Yeah, he is. So, uh, we had a lot. We had. Uh, I, there's, there's a lot of little things here that I want to point out, and I'm trying to find as much as possible. So, following that, we did have, um, you know, Alex Marvez was interviewing Pac, who didn't have, you know, the Lucha Brothers with him. However, Chavo and Andrade come out, and they were like, "Yo, yeah, they had travel, but we got them a limo. Don't worry, you gotta, you gotta tra- take care of them. You gotta take care of your boys." And I was just like, and you and I have talked about this. You were like, he is going to pull them in. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna create an all Latino faction with this.
1: It's it's gonna happen. And it's gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be a full heel faction. And I'm going to love every goddamn second of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then following that, we had Ricky Starks, you know, he was celebrating his FTW win. Uh, this was a lot of fun. You know, he come, you know, from you know, New Orleans, so you had the the, the band out there, and then, yeah. you know, great talker on the mic. I've you and I've always loved reggie Darks, and then Brian Cage comes out, chases him and Hook, destroys the band. Yeah. <laughs> Will there be a rematch in this? I'm not sure. I'm curious. Could he be FTW champion if he's not with Taz? I mean, that would be a great way to shut Taz up. I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see what happens in that retrospect. However, we had some really, really, really—I—I I lost my fucking mind. <laughs> so there was a tape segment that happened, um, just before the uh, the IWGP US title match, where Hiroshi Tanahashi <laughs> said that whoever wins, he will be wrestling, and it will be at the re, uh, New Japan. USA, did New Japan Strong, you know, the USA show, a resurgent event for the title. Now. No, you know what? That's later on. We're going to talk about that later on because you don't bring Tanahashi on, who arguably is one of the biggest talents in the past 20 years from New Japan over to the States. Mm. Just to be like, yo, I'm going to challenge whoever. You don't. But. We had, I know, one of Scott's dream tag team matches. You know, Santana and Ortiz taking on FTR. Uh, what a <sighs> match! This was incredible. I want more of this. Yeah,
1: but um, um, who was it that ended up getting? It was FTR. Well, I know that, but um, mm. I believe it was Cash. That ends yes. up getting the huge gash in his arm from hitting the metal uh, of the, um, the I think it was either
0: the ramp or the... It was the post, because I remember watching, and then he just, like, runs to the... He runs to, like, the other side, and you just see him dip. Yeah. And then the match ended. Like, almost... I don't want to say abruptly, but it was in, like, a minute or two the match was done. Yeah. um and it was, uh,
1: yeah, it got a little scary. um. <laughs> We're unsure um what had happened. Like I had no idea what had happened. All of a sudden I just see Cash down on one knee and all the doctors are around him. He's holding onto his arm and I could see the blood coming like pouring out of his arm. I was like, what yeah. the hell's
0: going on? Cash Wheeler, more like gash wheeler, am I Not, right, oh, guys? Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> so following that we had the uh the IWGP US title match between Lance, Archer, and Hikulio. The youngest of you know King Haiku Haku's sons, who was in attendance.
1: Um that was that was awesome to see uh, to see Haku there. I was like, oh shit, he's gonna kill somebody.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is where I think, and the main event was incredible, but there's a lot that happens, and I did forget that what happened first. But this was a great match. This is what I love about New Japan. Like, it feels like like their matches, they know how to, I don't know why, their pacing is always great. They are always, like, they understand, like, uh, just because that was a, a, a New Japan title match, it felt different.
1: Mm.
0: Like, it didn't feel like, you know, obviously not as, you know, acrobatic, you know, not as, you know, whatever. It was kind of like. Yeah, this is the work. We are the workhorse, like honestly. Mm. And Archer retains, so he will be fighting Tanahashi. Now. You were sending me stuff last night, Scott. And I bring this up because I know Moxley still has his contract in Japan. Yep. And he
1: had a nice little promo during this show, too, by the way.
0: Yeah, calling out, and it was later on the show, but he was calling out Tanahashi, saying he's willing to wipe his, you know, wipe the floor with him anywhere, whether it be Japan or in the States. I was also reading an article that supposedly there's going to be a big New Japan start wrestling it all out. Okay. So if we get Tanahashi taking on Moxley… realize something so you know moxley when aew started he did have you know he can't work in japan and his matches in japan were incredible but he only worked so many because he ended up getting Mirsa. Right. so there's still a lot of talent out there that he hasn't worked with yet exactly tanahashi and moxley will be incredible if this happens mm-hmm. at all out but also With this match, and I want to bring it up because there was some a little bit of back and forth between, you know, the Bell Collector and, I don't know, another founding tag team of the Bullet Club. And it says that your day is coming. I was
1: freaking out, Sam. That's why I had to send it to you, because I'm like, who else going to freak out with me about this?
0: <sighs> Sam will. <laughs> we get the Gorilla's Destiny over here. No, it was Carl Anderson. Wasn't it Carl Anderson? Carl
1: Anderson kind of started it. And then.
0: We're going to read through these quickly. Because I am. The first one you sent me. What the hell? Fucking phone. It was from Carl. Um, I think. I think. um,
1: One of the grills of destiny started. Said something. And then Carl had a rebuttal. And then the rebuttal to the rebuttal. And then the rebuttal to the rebuttal to the rebuttal. And I was watching this and I was like a little kid like bouncing up and down. I was like, yes, keep 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 talking, Smack. Get them over here. Have yeah. them fight the Bucks. Have them destroy the Bucks. Have them become you know champions in AEW. Just oh my God. Like I... this potential is so
0: so good oh my God. i find it interesting yeah so tama so kind of going through a couple of these i don't remember how it started i'm not going to go digging for it because we've been doing this forever but tama tama was like i would argue with you but we're in the we're past that your good brother philosophy is shallow deep the day is coming the rebuttal from you know machine gun don't do this Tama. i've been holding off on killing the bullet club for good please don't make me kill what i created i'm begging you and then the last time someone tried to kill the Bullet Club, it didn't go well. And everyone knows Finn Balor created the Bullet Club, which they tagged him in. I know. I know. And obviously Finn's not going to respond, but still. What's his contract like? I know we just went back to the main roster, but what's his contract like? It's WWE. There's no way in hell they're going to allow him to do anything with that. No, 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 no. I, I understand that. But like in terms of like length, how much more does he have in this contract? Oh, I don't, I don't know. But I'm sure he's not
1: going anywhere anytime soon. Hopefully. But well, if he were, well. if he were to,
0: imagine the prince returning,
1: Prince Divot. Holy shit!
0: Let's let's we, we Scott. We will have to uh, fantasy book this another time. Ah, uh, but anyways, I'm really liking this door opening up with New Japan right now. Right. I don't think people realize how good New Japan is, and I will rave about them. If you guys have not watched anything from Out of Japan, watch the brand, watch anything from Wrestle Kingdom, anything from Dominion, you will thank me and you will thank yourself. So prior to, prior to actually that that match, I forgot to bring up. You know, we had the big announcement, the big event announcement, uh, Rampage, and this kind of answers a question I think we had. I always thought Rampage was going to be a pre taped show, and it looks like it's not. It looks like we're going to be doing Rampage separately. I'm also wondering if they'll be, like, filming Elevation or Dark. I would think that
1: with Rampage, you would have the show, maybe before, have Dark and Elevation done. Because otherwise, what's kind of the point of just being there for one hour?
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's my thought. So, like, right now, you know, they, they do most—I believe they do most of their filming the day of— um, Dynamite. Most of it, I think. I think so. I think you're right. But like with, but you know, Dynamite's a two-hour show. Rampage is a one-hour show. Yeah. So there's no way they're doing a one-hour show and then dipping or doing a dark match here and there. Yeah.
1: What they're probably gonna do is they're probably probably gonna start with like elevation before Rampage, and -hmm. then maybe do dark after, or who knows because. Dark and elev in and, and elevation are are not quick shows. They're like two hour plus by themselves.
0: But they were able to do a. I think they became longer because they were in one spot for so long.
1: That is true. That's a valid
0: point. So, so they're, they're, they're torn, torn now. Now, yeah. Now you got me wondering how long. I'll look later. I'm kind of curious how long the, the the most recent ones are now that they're on the road again. Right. Um, but anyways, August twentieth, they'll be filming Rampage. At the United Center in Chicago, which is their first, like, arena show that's not a pay-per-view. Correct. Like, arena arena. I know they film in all these, like, little little venues and whatnot that hold 15,000, but this is this is where the Bulls play. Yep. You know, so. It's, you know, home, hometown to a certain
1: best in the world. Looking at you, Darby.
0: <sighs> Don't invoke him. Don't do it. The fact that he called him out and I heard that, I was like. Chills Again We're going to put this out there world Because Scott and I have already talked about this Imagine saying best in the world And it's not CM Punk Imagine if that's the way they bring in Daniel Bryan
1: Oh my god I'm telling you, you You can even tease Like cult of personality And then have I don't know you could even do fight of the Valkyries because I believe that's an a i don't know in
0: the public domain?
1: I believe it is and then have and then have the American dragon Brian Danielson come out imagine the heat. We're talking nuclear heat here. It may only be for one night because it's Brian Danielson, but oh my God, the crowd
0: would probably riot. <laughs> yeah, no. The other one we came up with, and somebody posted this on Twitter, and I was like, I laughed my ass off because I couldn't be mad if it happened. Now, imagine, say, the best in the world. And this is a very big hypothetical. I don't think this would ever happen. (laughs) But I mean, there's really only one current person besides CM Punk who's considered the best in the world. Here comes the money, Scott. Shane McMahon. The best in the world. That's all I'm gonna do. (laughs) That would be the funniest fun. I don't care how pissed off people get. That would be hysterical.
1: That would also just prove that you know WWE dynamite is a thing. Yes. Hmm. How many mad WWE or AEW fanboys would we
0: have? Ooh. I couldn't even be mad. I'd be like, yo, this is hysterical. I, like, I would I would die laughing. Like if that was like. That would be even better than how Nitro went off the air. <laughs> yeah, because it's real this time. It's yep. real at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um. Following that, we had an awesome trios match. Jurassic Express and Christian Cage taking on the Hardy family office. I'm loving how we're getting to see more of Helico, you know, in the hybrid. Yes. Um, slowly starting to see private party show their faces again. Again, these guys were, you know, one of the, sh- you know, they shot to the fucking moon yeah. when they got signed. I mean, I was in the building when they beat, um, the Bucks in that first round. I forgot you were there for that. Oh man. The building explode bloated well yeah nobody expected it that's the best part about it it was incredible and you know again good for the bucks putting them over and taking themselves out in the first round right because everybody expected they were the heavy favorites so
1: everybody expected them to win and to have them lose the way they did that was i was i was impressed um i also have to give a little shout out as well to the private party if you've noticed
0: they're dressing like early Hardy boys. That was brought up. I didn't notice that. I did notice that. Um, I mean, with you know, I'm probably whether it be part of their influence or maybe they're going to kind of like take on the gimmick a little bit for a bit. I'd be all right with that. I'd be all right with that too. That'd be exciting. Um, but again, great match. I mean, always excited to see, you know, Jurassic Express, and I've I said this to man, we we record so much. I talk to you so much. Jeez, it's great to see Christian come out and feel like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I know he didn't didn't get as much love from the WWE uh, office, but here and again, I I didn't have cable. I didn't watch Christian. You know, I I had SmackDown. Yeah. We had you know CWUPN whatever you want to fucking call it the thirty name change that the network had. Oh my god, I know. He feels like you have you know a legend, and he doesn't get as much you know you know. He is one half of you know the Christian and Edge tag team. Yep. You know he was in TLC one t- you know the how many they had you know, and it's 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 awesome. And I'm I'm a Christian fan now, like. But Scott and I love this next match. Our girl, Thunder Rosa, first ever match as a signed member of AEW. Yes, sir. Wrestling Julia Hart. I love I love the varsity blonde. This was a lot of fun to watch. Mm. Um, I, I I, mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about this. You know, Thunder got her got to win. Um, Julia Hart getting, you know, get some street cred. With um, being able to get on fight for the fallen again, I mean she's she's a newer talent. It's like a Wheeler Yuta, who had two matches both nights of Fighter Fest. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You know? and, and the fact that Julia Hart is so young and already doing well for herself, especially being with a uh, an up and coming tag team as the Varsity Blondes, it's it's good to see. She's got a bright future. And I like what she does in the ring. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch her continue her development.
0: Agreed. Well, Scott, main event time. No rules match. And I said this to you. Afterwards, and I've said this to everybody who watched. No rules match. Sure. They didn't want to call it a death match. They did not want to. This was a death match. Oh my God. We had, and you know, there's been unsanctioned matches, you know, obviously Thunder Rose and Britt Baker. Um, We had death matches on pay per view, but this was a death match on primetime cable television.
1: This is Nick effing Gage.
0: This match, holy shit. We, first and foremost, guys, the paymaker, you know, Chris Jericho's persona from over in New Japan came back. Man, just whew. I love that jacket. I, I don't know what it is. It's just I love it so much. That was incredible. You know, Nick Gage, even though he was definitely a little stiff with like the actual wrestling, he could take a bump. It's because he's not
1: he's not a traditional wrestler.
0: No, no. I mean,
1: granted, God knows how much scar tissue that man has right now.
0: I mean, he's died. Yeah, that's know. true. What was it, uh, eight minutes? He was officially dead. Yeah, back to life. It was a lot of fun, though. It was a lot of fun to showcase him. Um, I saw that AEW said they're not going to do another one of these. Shocker. <laughs> um, I wonder how many complaints they got from the Karens across the world. Well, probably not on television. I think they said television, but like you know, they want to do more. You know, like the Exploding Bob Wire. Like do a you know do one of those again, but properly. You know, no more sparkler matches. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you, you know, this is this was an example of the showcase that. AEW is going to deliver everything. Yeah, um yeah. you would never
1: see this on on WWE. Never, never. Not to the brutality of this ever, ever again. Maybe during the Attitude Era. Maybe now. Ah, uh-uh. no, nope, no way. Uh, Children would be having nightmares forever.
0: I was thinking we're getting. You know, we're gonna get a hardcore match.
1: And oh, we saw got a hardcore pizza. match, all right.
0: Well, well, no, I was thinking like, okay, we're going to have the chairs, we're going to have the tables, we're going to have this. Um, he had the pizza cutter. I'm like, okay, that's just the Nick Gage. You know, that's that's a signature thing, yeah. which it's funny because we just talked about pre-show that uh, Domino's got pissed off because they went picture in picture when Nick Gage was slicing Jericho's head open and a Domino's commercial was going on while they were cutting pizza and Domino's was not happy.
1: Nope, nope. It, Good. it, was, it was especially hilarious when Nick Gage was – was either kissing or licking the bloody uh, pizza cutter as Domino's, one of the Domino's people's cutting a pizza up. But I'm just, I didn't catch it at first. It just, just, it did not register to me. And then all of a sudden, when I started looking online afterwards and everybody just like, Oh my God, I can't believe that when the Domino's commercial comes and I was like, wait, what? And then I watched the thing back and I was like, Oh my God. I'm
0: like, this is, this is actually hysterical. Like, I can't believe that this actually happened. I don't know why you'd be mad. Like, you know Fuck you, Domino's, and your shitty pizza. <laughs> Jeez, maybe Shaq will start, you know, we'll, we'll get some uh, Papa John's commercials now. A lot more of them. But mm. this, but like I said, I was expecting the chairs, I was expecting the tables, you know, the pizza cutter. And then the light tubes came out. <sighs> and I'm like, they are not gonna break light tubes over each other's skulls oh. in an arena. Yeah. And Whoop. they did. And the pane of glass. And the glass, yeah. And he, that he was insane. Frankensteiner off the top rope.
1: And I don't know how he didn't smash his head into that pane of glass when he came down. I don't it was just it was for a man his age to be able to pull that off and Nick to go through it the way he did and just the glass went
0: everywhere. I figured with this match, <clears throat> with Jericho being you know their commodity and Nick Gage being a specialist i figured that gage would be the one taking most of these hits right uh, but it really wasn't it was it was pretty
1: 50-50 yeah it was and major props to jericho for taking the abuse that he took during this match
0: <sighs> yeah i this was this was a great match and i know a lot of people aren't fans of deathmatch wrestling you know, I've seen a lot of people shit on, you know, oh, you know, Death Man, blah, 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 blah. I haven't even looked at what Jim Cornetta said because, you know, don't really care. But this was fun. This was a we we're just talking about old school hardcore. Like this is this is the feel I did get with it. But immediately after that. Because I didn't think I didn't think we would get, you know, he this would happen. Like I thought we get a moment with Nick Gage or something like that. But no, immediately MJF leaves the table and he's like, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was a joke you said like two years ago, you know, this and that, and da, 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 da. they go back two years and Chris Jericho said something about, yeah, something about Juventud Guerrera, Google it, which he did. The moment he said he Googled Juventud Guerrero, I was like. No fucking way!
1: I'm so excited. You have no idea. Labor number three, folks. Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera. I used to watch this stuff when WCW used to showcase their cruiserweights.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The matches that these two had, like when they said he was his greatest rival in WCW. He wasn't lying. I would say maybe Dean Malenko would be the only one that would be anywhere near close to that. Holy Christ! When he said Hooven to Guerrero, I freaked out. I, I yes, I understand it's been fifteen years since Hoovy's been on DNT, but this has such potential to be such a great, great nostalgia match. <sighs> I wonder if this what the stipulation is going to be, because I don't think he mentioned one. Oh, no, he did. Jericho has to hit a move off the top rope to win.
0: Yeah. And who did to
1: specify what it was, though?
0: He has been wrestling over in Mexico, you know, in triple A and whatnot. So. You know, he's he's definitely not he's not old. I haven't watched him, but, like, I'm looking forward to this. I, I literally, it was that Robin Williams Jumanji gif. What
1: year is it? Right? Oh, my God. Seriously, though, um, if you, I'm, I'm talking to, to you and to people out there, if you haven't watched Chris Jericho and the Juventus Carrera matches, do yourself a favor. Go find a couple. Sit down with some popcorn and some drinks and get ready for a show. Because you want to see some magic happening in the ring, yeah, I can only imagine I understand yes, they're much older now, but it's still gonna be great it's gonna I be. can't wait for it
0: well this fight for the I didn't I, they pulled in over a million again
1: they did I think it was the fourth week in a row now,
0: yeah, their fourth strongest you know, uh largest poll they also had the largest female demographic i don't know if you sent that to me no that wasn't me no i didn't did know that c- that's that's awesome let me let me let me pull up what i saw i think kenny actually shared it um and again it's awesome to see people who i know who have watched wrestling in like 20 years be like dude AEW, i watch it every week i'm like what it's cool again to watch wrestling right when did that happen <laughs> Um, Yeah, Kenny mentioned women's TV viewers, the 18 to 34 demographic, AEW Dynamite, 77,000, Raw, 75,000, SmackDown, 74,000. AEW was up 30.5% in that demo. Biggest increase for any demo for Fight for the Fallen. That's awesome news. So. It's glad to see, you know. It's growing, and I'm glad to see that they're consistently growing their numbers now, especially with the Olympics. Uh, we were talking about them taking a hit.
1: Right, yeah. No, that's right. I, I honestly expected everybody to take a little bit of a hit, but it's not the case, which is good. I'd love to see it. You know, I, I crave I crave the competition. Unlike Vince McMahon, who thinks that sleep is more of a competition for him than AEW. Sleep sometimes is a competition, though, Scott. That's not I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's not a lie. I mean, he wasn't lying when <laughs> he said it. But the fact that he considers sleep more of competition than AEW, I don't know if that was him just being out of touch, him just being taking a shot at them, or him just being
0: honest. Who knows? I mean. All the above. Maybe all the above, yeah. Well, we're talking about somebody who, not competition, but it's just as much fun. Guys, homecoming has come and gone by the time you listen to this. That's true. Um, but this was a. Did you end up? Did you happen to watch Impact?
1: No, I actually didn't because Thursday was your boy's birthday and he decided to indulge in a little bit of video game playing. Did not get uh, a chance to watch it. And then I completely forgot yesterday
0: because, you know, whoops. Well, no, that's, I figured I'd ask. Um, we're to go through this card really quickly then. Um, so kicking it off, we had Jay White and Chris Bay taking on the Good Brothers, where they the Good Brothers defeated White and Bay. Shit. And uh, Chris Bay made a comment afterwards, you know, in the back where he looks at Jay White. He's yeah, my first time, you know, first match as a member of the Bullet Club. You know, even though it was a loss, this and that, I thought it went really well. And Jay White was like, "You said your first match in the Bullet Club." He goes, "You're not in the Bullet Club. We we have standards, but I am all about redemption. So." I love how he called them out like that. That's no, I mean that's fantastic. Now, yeah, now, now I think
1: I feel like I have to watch it this week because I want to see what happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. Then we had a Taylor Wilde taking on a Caleb uh, with a K. This was interesting with uh, Taylor getting the W over Caleb. Yeah, when I saw this cut, when I was watching, and I'm like, wait a minute, am I am I looking at this correctly? (laughs) Intergender match. Okay, make let make make it happen. Make it happen.
1: It, Impact's known for it. I mean, they're I think they're the only real major group that will actually have no problem doing that. I mean, if you look back a couple of years ago, you had Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan going at it for the annex oh, NXT. Oh My God, <laughs> for the uh, Impact World Championship. So for them, intergender match. That's
0: that's nothing. No, it is not. Um, so after that, we had um, an eight-man tag match. You know, Ace, Austin, Madman, Fulton, Rahit, Raju, and Shira taking on Finjuice and Fala in No Way. Totally forgot about No Way Jose coming over until this was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was one of the people that came over. Comes out, the Congo line's following. Did he even wrestle on the main roster? Yes. Because I feel like every time um, he came out, it was like conga line, and that was it.
1: Well, yeah, he'd have the conga line. He'd come out, but, I mean, primarily on the main roster, I think he might have had a a little bit of success, but he was mostly just a comedy talent enhancement, which is unfortunate because he's really talented, and WWE just did not give him a fair shake, which, unfortunately, seems to happen a lot lately, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah. So following that we did have oh man dude you gotta definitely watch this week kenny omega was a dick and it was great shocker <laughs> so he comes out you know no uh what's her name uh the interviewer i forgot gia um uh, comes up knocks on his door don Callis comes out he's like oh yeah, i just want to ask Kenny, you know the champion oh you know i got time for that we can get you know what so we got a mini interview. And he, Kenny's like, so, yeah, you know, when am I signing or whatnot? He goes, she works here. And he's like. She 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 works here. But what, what do you what do you mean she works here? He's like, I and he was just he was just being it was hysterical. It was comical. Then Tommy Dreamer came out and was like. You know, I'm going to, you know, he's he's the one who's going to take care of the match. For, you know, his next title match. Ooh. And then Kenny's like, I'm you know, this and that. You know, I'm going to I'm going to address this you now in the ring, goes in the ring with the good brothers. Um, Sammy Callahan comes out. All pissed off. Uh, I believe Sammy Callahan charged the ring and then this was exciting. Then a hooded figure comes out and starts attacking the elite. The hood comes off. Ladies and gentlemen, Frankie Gazarian is back in the impact zone.
1: What? Yeah. Let's go.
0: So then there's a little bit where it's like the next week there's going to be a main event uh six man tag match. Um Tommy Dreamer's like I got you know Frankie's like anyone who wants to take out you know the elite you know I'm I'm all for it and Sammy this and that but we need a third partner. Can it be you Tommy he goes no I got somebody in mind. Goes to Frankie Frankie's like goes to Sammy Callahan Sammy's like he won't do it. And walks away. So I'm like, "Who are they talking about?" Lo well, and behold, who's Eddie Edwards? So Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan, and Frankie Kazarian in the main event next week against Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Part
1: of <laughs> me was really hoping you were going to say uh, Christopher Daniels.
0: Oh man, imagine! Part of me really was hoping. <laughs> um, following that, we had Violent by Design taking on Rich Swann and Willie Mack. With Swan and Mac getting the W over Violent Damn. by Design. Damn it. Um. Because the L's don't belong to us. It belongs to them. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, it's a decent match, you know. Um, I love when they come out. Uh but we had a rematch from Slammiversary for the main event. Chris Saban taking on our boy. Moose, Moose. So again, this was solid with Moose getting the W over Saban. Um, I love watching these two battle. They've got they they seem to wrestle quite a bit. This is almost come starting to become like a Sammy Callahan, Eddie Edwards kind of feud, right? Um, but definitely worth watching. Also, also, I totally forgot about this, and I was looking for it as I was reading down the card. There was a little short like 30 second vignette of somebody returning it was red it was dark she had face paint on yes and Sue Young wasn't alone but there was a blonde haired girl behind her with face paint on as well
1: yep I'm definitely watching this right after we've done this <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is exciting. Sue Young has transformed Kimberly to her side now. Oh, my God. It's exciting. I'm <sighs> looking forward to it. I mean, before you know it, Scott, Bound for Glory will be here. I know. I miss
1: Bound for Gl- uh, Glory tournament. Um, it's not a tournament in the sense of an actual tournament. It's I don't know. Did you ever read up on that? No there used to be now i might be i might be a little mistaken on some of the the finer details but there used to be i believe eight men that would have like a summer competition you would get points for winning points for a draw you'd lose points for losses and for dqs and they would tally as they would go Now these wrestlers would fight one another throughout the summer to see who would get the most points leading into bound for glory. I believe at the last pay-per-view before bound for glory, back when impact and TNA had a whole bunch, there would be this big match at the end and whoever won would get a massive amount of points and would go on to then face the champion of bound for glory. I wish they would bring something like that back that was always a lot of fun to watch and to see like somebody come from the back who was doing real poorly in the beginning and go on this massive run and climb the leaderboard. A lot of fun to see. And I really wish that at some point they'd bring that back. I always thought that was a very interesting concept. And I
0: I really, really, really appreciated watching it unfold. It almost sounds very similar to uh, the G1 tournament. With the, yes, you know.
1: that, that's true. Yeah. Cause they, they do a point system too for that, mm-hmm. I believe. Correct? I don't think they lose points though. If they lose, I that think was, the, of- that was the thing I really enjoyed is that if you, if you cheated and you were caught, you'd lose points for it. I liked that cause it made you, it made you honest
0: the whole time or really clever to cheat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know G1's coming up. I think it's, it's a little later this year. I think it's uh, September. Um, Definitely going to be following that because you get some bangers on that. And whoever wins, like Money in the Bank, you get a title shot, but not anywhere, Scott. You get a title shot at the Tokyo Dome. Let's go. After Domania, we should definitely talk about the Tokyo Dome. I agree. We should make have the Tokyo to- Dome happen. I would have
1: absolutely no problem going to Tokyo, going to Japan. I've always actually really wanted to go to Japan, so I would be that, all about that.
0: That's like my first like, first option, like where I want to go. Yeah. Um, But solid week. It's August. SummerSlam is upon us. Takeover is upon us. We got a few weeks before then. We switch over to Shippet Studios again, it's August 25th. First, thank you for listening. as always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as the SOB official and Scott as Scotty J Stream. We are on all streaming platforms. If there's a platform you cannot find us on, please let us know. We will add ourselves on there on your streaming platform. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Bedlam Media and Above the Ring is the podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you guys for listening so much. This has been Above the Ring, episode 101. Do not forget to join the Bedlam and ship it.
1: Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything
0: in between from one of the freshest decades for movies.
1: It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy
0: listening.